Thanks for listening to Two Girls, One Plant. We're your hosts, Madison. And Jillian. And this week, we're talking about chopping and propping. <gasps> Yay. We get this request all the time to talk about propagating. And it's that time. How can I turn my one plant <laughs> into 50? Exactly. For what did free. Jesus do? Was it like a loaf of bread? Oh, the uh, uh, it like uh, fish, the fish, the fish, the fish and loaves. How do we, how do we make it? Last? Yes, that's where. How do we spread it thin? We are really diving into becoming Jesus today, you guys, and multiplying. I'm feeling um, that magical sorcery. Anyway, hi, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. Um, how have you been? What's new? Let's chat. We didn't record. No, we did record last yeah, week. Yeah, we did record last. Yeah, week. sorry, I w- I've been on vacation the last week, and my sense of time <laughs> is like so off right now. What's new? Not. Not much, really. Same old for me. Still, you know, on the job hunt, taking care of plants here at home. And everything looks amazing. Yeah, everything is growing and happy. I'm trying not to over love on stuff, which is kind of hard. You can I come like, love on my stuff. How about that? Yeah, right. I know. I, like, I'll I pay just you. have so much love to You want give. a job, you can like come like repot my stuff. I'll pay you 50 oh bucks. Oh my God, yeah. That is like a full-time job though. Legit. <laughs> yeah, that's literally all I've been doing. It's like literally all I've been doing. I've repotted a bunch of stuff here in the studio. I cleaned out that like terrarium up there. Yeah, that thing was nasty. She was nasty. She's been living on the porch with dead calathea in her for like over a year. So I like scrubbed it down. It looks better. Yeah. Are you going to put anything in it? There's like props in there. There's oh, I just cut all of my because I also have Hoya that are just like throwing out. Taking you know, no off. one warns you that when you set up an IKEA greenhouse with Hoya, yeah, they will escape. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't know that. Did you cut your pubic calyx? Nope. <laughs> and she has like grown into the nook that she's in. Yeah. So it's like even if I cut her, I don't think I'd be able to like pull her out really cleanly and my fucking Ratusa did it too oh oh yeah weird I didn't even notice until she was already through it and grew into it so now I can't pull her out yeah so (laughs) be wary of escapees when you have Hoyas in a glass container Hoyas are a hundred percent like that I just chopped a bunch of ends that look like they were planning escape and I just threw them in there hope for the best hope for the best Oh, so you uh, propagated. Hey, hey little segue what? with that, what we're talking about. That's funny. And then, well, for me in this yeah. last week, I've been on vacation. I went to Salt Lake City. My sister got married. Oh, marriage. So great. Marriage is what brings us together, together today. <laughs> it went well. <laughs> yeah. No, it did. It was such a beautiful wedding. It was like in the, if you guys are from Utah, you will know, but it's the Mill Creek Canyon. Apparently that's like really, everybody knows about it in Utah or Salt Lake. But yeah, it was amazing. And then the only thing that sucked really was the air quality. The air quality, and I think a lot of us who are over on the more western side of the United States are really Mm -hmm. experiencing horrible air quality right now. And oh my God. So Salt Lake was number one in the world for worst air quality on Friday, and then it was number three on Saturday, while Denver was number one on Saturday. So that's pretty insane. My lungs have just been hurting, 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 hurting. So that kind of sucks, but I think we're almost over the hump as far as like the worst. Well, on Friday... There's a cold front coming through. Oh. So we're supposed to get some relief for the next, right after that, for the next week or so. That's nice. Thank goodness. I hope so. I that know. would be, it needs to cool off for a little bit. That, oh my God. It's been blistering hot. Mm-hmm. And then with the smoke and everything, ooh, it's been awful. Yeah. I did want to shout out though. While I was in Salt Lake, I did hit up a couple plant shops. Yeah, but a couple of them looked beautiful. So they were freaking cute. Um, number one, Cactus and Tropicals. Mm-hmm. They have two locations, which I did not know about. I had people messaging me like, oh my God, where where did you guys go? Where in Denver is this? And I was like, bitch, that's not me. I'm, yeah. That's in Utah. That's in Utah, baby. <laughs> in Salt Lake, baby. Um, yeah, tra- uh, Cactus and Tropicals was so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. 
it was kind of it's kind of like a nyx it's like very much has nyx vibes but so oh my gosh it was just so beautiful in there and then i went to in the i think it's the maven district or the sugar house district it's called time and place so time like the um like the herb and what a cute freaking plant shop the nicest people i messaged them because i wanted to get my sister and her new husband a monstera deliciosa for a wedding gift because they just bought a house and i was like they have this jillian they have this fiddly fig that like is almost to the ceiling really it's so huge oh wait so they're plant people yeah, I mean, yes. I thought the Monstera was like a first plant type of no, deal. No, 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 no. No. Well, he's into plants. So I went okay. to his office. He has a ficus benjamina that literally, so the size of the room we're recording in, takes up like a quarter of the room. So of his, in his office. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he has like this huge, like six foot wide, like Xanadu, like, yeah, he's into plants. So that was oh. his fiddly fig. And I was like oh, we need to get you guys plants. Yeah. So, I mean, if he can take care of all of these ficuses, that I monstera know. is easy peasy. She's going to be gorgeous in a year. Well, sadly, we did not get the Deliciosa. Oh, but, no, what'd you go with? Well, we got an Adansonii, really beautiful. And oh, then okay. we got, they had huge Hawaiian pothos. Aw. So we got them that. And yeah, I mean, really great prices. If you guys are in Salt Lake, definitely check out Time and Place and Cactus and Tropicals. I love like, that name, Time and Place. They had so this cute. really cute idea where they you get the little um, <laughs> propagation jars. Hey. You leave a cutting and you take a cutting. So there's just this little wall, like little <gasps> oh, pegboard. Oh, I saw that picture that you shared. I absolutely love why are why is nobody here in denver doing this you guys like denver like local city people why aren't you doing this yeah let's can we get a propagation wall like this is such a great there there was like a lot of stuff there was like uh watermelon papa romeo there was tradescantia there was well uh, i've had Pothos, people Deliciosa. and be like hey i just fucking chopped this shit it's trash unless you want to come get it you oh know? yeah like yep yep that's so, amazing I love the idea. So definitely Aww. check them out. Had to give them a shout out. They were just like the nicest people. So anyway, Aww, let's okay. segue some more. Yeah, propagations then. Propagation. Hey, Planty Peeps. Join our two girls, one plant community on Patreon. Become a monthly supporter of our podcast. We have four different tiers. The budding pal tier includes access to our private Facebook group, you get added to our close friends list on Instagram and a shout out on our episode for signing up. Now the plant stand here includes previous rewards plus first access to new episodes. The plant BFF tier includes previous awards, plus voting power on episode topics and merch and private letters and messages from us. And finally, the VIPP very important plant person tier includes all previous rewards, a code for 15% off merch to use anytime, and plant consultations upon request. We appreciate all your support and look forward to having it on Patreon. We get so many questions in the DMs, you guys, about how to propagate you know, or what science to look for if your propagation is like maybe dying, how to revive mm -hmm. it. Like we get probably this is our most asked question is something about propagation or relation to propagation. So hopefully this definitely like answers or demystifies some concerns you may have surrounding propagation. But propagation is pretty straightforward. There's different like methods and like how to propagate, but it's it's pretty straightforward and we're really going to get into that. There's a lot of sciencey jargon we're going to get into, Yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> My favorite part. <laughs> so let's talk about it. So how do plants grow through propagation? So you like cut this bitch, like how is she growing? Like yeah, I don't get what it. What the hell is actually happening? Yeah. It's, yeah, there's a lot to it and different plants have different methods, right? So that's why for some plants you can propagate a leaf, some plants you need a node, some plants you can't propagate from a cutting at all. So there are different functions in each plant that's kind of allowing it to develop in these different ways, right? And to understand how that's happening, you'll be able to propagate more plants in the future because you'll kind of know which plants need what. So plant cells <laughs> <laughs> so 
plants house. Okay. <laughs> Amazing things. So we know that there are different, there are plant cells and animal cells. We all learned in biology and plant cells are essentially like these super rigid cells. They have these really big walls. And we also know what stem cells are in animals and people. So in plants, in the meristem, which is the tip of growth for a plant. Mm-hmm. So let's say we're looking at your pothos cutting. Mm-hmm. The very end where you know that next new leaf is going to come out, that's your meristem. Yep. the very end. And in that meristem, you have what are essentially stem cells. They're yep. undifferentiated cells. So they can become anything when they grow up. <laughs> and that's what allows plants to develop whatever the next piece is so whether it needs to develop a new leaf a new node whether it's going to branch off because of different growing conditions that's why when you cut a pothos cutting you're removing that meristem and it forces it to branch out because there's no direction anymore and so multiple stems multiple cells will take that kind of leadership role and start a new branch so that's why pruning leads to bushier plants exactly so There's a lot more happening behind the scenes that allows this to happen, but that's essentially what we're going to look at are these kind of quote unquote stem cells in plants that are allowing us to create new plants. Exactly. So science vocab, (laughs) Dr. Madison. (laughs) So, you know, I, the many of you, all of you who are taking notes, listening to this podcast, we're going to have um, vocab pop quiz. Okay. So, first word and I really tried studying this when I was prepping for this episode because I just found it so fascinating I really wanted to understand the process of all this and what these words mean in relation in plant terminology so first word is toti totipotency so that's t-o-t-i and then potency totipotency is a plant cell that is able to morph and become a whole entire plant like it can morph and transition into a root cell or a stem um (laughs) a stem cell not the stem stem cell but a stem cell yeah just (laughs) all different parts of a plant pretty much so that's the gist of it and it does happen both in plants and animals but focusing kind of like what Jillian was saying it is something that is found in meristems um it's also found like you know like let's say we'll use like a ficus for an example it's a more woody type plant if you take the bark off that's where you can also find potent cells living so that's like the more like cells themselves in the act of them transitioning so totipotency is our first vocab word Okay, are we following along? And we now instead it? of like stem cells, we can say totipotent cells. Exactly. Look how smart we all oh are now. Gosh. We're so smart, you guys. So smart. Okay, totipotent cells. Yep. So what the hell do they do? Vocab word number two. They go through a process called de-differentiation, which is basically a really fancy term That just means that they go through a transformation or reprogramming into whatever type of cell they're Mm going to become for whatever process they need to perform. So, you know, that totipotent cell is now going to become a part of a leaf. Right. So that cell, instead of just having potential, has to go through reprogramming to learn how to do the functions of that leaf cell. And that process is called de-differentiation. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically, it's basically just a change of that cell's genetics. Yeah. Like a rewrite. Yeah, that's perfect. So we have our totipotent cells or totipotency, uh, and then we have our de-differentiation our third vocab and our final vocab word for the day is plant callus. So hey, we know that word. We know that word. We get calluses on our feet. We get calluses on our hands. It's just wound and the skin cells, you know, kind of hardening off and covering over. So the same thing happens in plants and you see it. I, 
if you guys are part of like Facebook groups or anything kind of like a BST group, but people definitely talk about callousing and making sure that, you know, your plants are calloused over before you buy it or if you're selling stuff, mm-hmm. buying stuff, whatever. So callus is pretty much, there's a mass growing on where a wound happened on the plant. And with the living plants, the callus cells are those cells that pretty much they just cover the wound. So as they grow and harden off, that is when you are able to see these stem cells or totipotent cells really come into play and go through de-differentiation once things are calloused. Because once it's callous, it's kind of like, what's the best way to describe it? It's kind of like, okay, we're ready for something to redirect energy, I think is the best way to describe yeah. it. It's like redirecting the energy and saying, okay, this is calloused over. Now we can like push out a new stem or we can push out a leaf or roots or whatever it may be in this area. So the stem cells are really like, okay, what do we want to do in this situation? And they kind of like, it's almost like they got to pick and choose or like, how is this plant going to survive? So that's really cool through the callousing and like having a more understanding of like, cause I, I see that all the time. People are like, is there a callus? Did it callus over? Because for me, I always notice when I, through my propagating journey, I've noticed a difference when I've let stuff callous over versus not. Absolutely. Yeah. So you definitely, for most plants, I would say you want to try and let it callous. And by letting it callous, you are letting, not directly putting it in like water or anything like that quite yet. You want it to harden off. And I would say it takes less than a day. Yeah. For most. Depending on the plant. Yeah, totally. Size of it, all of that. It really just depends on the size of the wound. Cacti and euphorbia, you know, maybe three or four days. Yeah. Because they're used to callusing for longer periods of time right. before they get more moisture. Exactly. Um, something like a Tradescantia, mm-hmm. you can pop that thing right in the dirt as long yep. as you're not about to water it. So it really does depend on the plant, but you can see it callus. It'll it's a, it's less shiny, you know, because there's less like plant fluid that's able to escape. And it really is just like our own wounds callousing. Like if you got a really big gash, yeah, you wouldn't soak it in a tub. You know, that's that's going to lead to infection. Well, what's so interesting too, and this might be a little off topic, but like <laughs> we don't have our stem cells going to our hands or our feet and creating like <laughs> these like weird limbs. It's not creating like heart cells or like red blood cells Mm-mm. or any type of cells, it's it's skin cells or whatever it needs scar to repair tissue. the hand, scar tissue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting that plant stem cells or totipotent cells are reprogramming to whatever the plant needs. And the reason why is because plants are immobile. So they go through this long evolutionary period of being destroyed, weather conditions, climate change. I mean, millions and millions of years of programming have gone into plants naturally. And this is just like their natural reaction over time where they are just like, Hey, you know what? We're just going to do us (laughs) and take care of us. And then they've gotten so good at it. It's like, you know, who's a really great example is Tyler Thrasher. Tyler Thrasher makes really funny um, Instagram reels and TikToks where he's like, you know, your plant outside living in the concrete, loving life, not dead. And then you put it in your house and it's dead. Whining. It's kind of like yeah. that where it's like, <laughs> we're not helping the evolutionary um, the uh, period with our plants. But anyway. It's true. And then you look at older plants evolutionarily, not to continue on the side tangent, but like cycads that are like really, really old, old, old mm-hmm. plants and can only reproduce through like old school reproduction like they need a male and a female plant Mm -hmm. they have to be Paul it's like a whole thing which is why there aren't many cycads anymore so it's definitely like a huge evolutionary benefit to be able to propagate your or like fall off of your mama and like just yeah make a go of it that's what happens like you know branches or like you know stuff comes off little Mm -hmm. animals whatever pests they fall to the floor and they just root into the soil boom Boom, done okay that was like most of our science (laughs) that wasn't too bad (laughs) not too bad (laughs) i tried to keep it somewhat interesting (laughs) and beneficial love it so there are so many amazing reasons why you want to propagate you're probably looking at your plants and maybe you're like holy shit 
this is not a little plant that I bought. This is not my four inch plant I bought anymore. And I want to keep it my forage plant. Or maybe she's balding. You know, maybe she got <laughs> baldness going Just on. Just a little bald. It's okay. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's not. It's all right. But we want to help her out too. So yeah. there's really great reasons why. And we want to kind of go over that. First of all, you get free plants. Propagating <sighs> is free. So like, oh my God, propagate for free and get free plants for yourself. You need to give a gift to somebody propagate a free plant done you want to make a donation to a great cause propagate a free plant yeah you could like you know what's so pretty is like getting like a really pretty like mason jar and just having it full of like different like random cuttings like you do a little like adansonia a little raptophora a little bit of pothos like and throw it all in a mason Mm -hmm. jar and make it pretty maybe put like a few carnations boom there's a free gift yep exactly so easy you can also trade. So plant swaps, you know, we've been to a few plant swaps. The best way to get the plants yep. you want is like just taking cuttings you have and like bring a whatever you want to these plant mm-hmm. swaps. And it's free. Like yep. that's like so amazing. Again, free. We're going to be talking a lot about that. Yep. It's also great for science experiments, especially if you have like little kiddos. This is like a really great way to like have your own science experiments at home and we've been like especially doing with COVID the last year and a half you know having kids at home or like maybe doing hybrid classes like this is a really Mm -hmm. great like example or something you can do at home but like what I did long time ago when I really was like I can propagate this is awesome and I went full mad scientist I would take like Hoya Bella cuttings and I would put one in a dark kombucha jar. So it was like completely dark, almost opaque. And then I put it in a clear one and I tried to keep track of like which one rooted faster or like if I changed the water out every week versus like once a month. Look at you, Dr. Madison. I was really into it. All these just little different science experiments and then tracking like how fast is my ZZ root versus, you know, maybe putting a pothos cutting in it. Like, oh my God, I love that because I think experiment and I'm like man i'm gonna fucking kill this bitch let me take a backup cutting and put it in a different location oh so i did it with I the know. cheap cuttings i did not do like, my like which area is gonna do better you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like i love having a backup prop just mm-hmm. in case i kill the mom oh insurance hello yeah exactly uh, insurance you gotta is, have it like especially your more expensive babes like mm-hmm. and and let's say your plant is dying I had my Hoya Carnosa Exotica pretty much die from mealybugs, but I found good cuttings from it and I made sure they were free of mealies and I just propagated that and I mm-hmm. saved a few cuttings. Yeah. And then you don't lose the whole plant. And I don't lose the whole plant. It's lovely. Yeah. And speaking of the mama, it's also super helpful to prune her back because again, yeah. you bought this really cute pothos and now it's like taking over a corner of your room because you didn't mm-hmm. realize that her vines were going to grow fucking eight feet. Yeah. So just, just prune it back. Toss it in some water. Give it to a friend. Yep, exactly. And you can also add it back into the pot. We talked about her balding a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You can just take some cuttings and pop it back in there. Yeah, put it back into the top of the plant. Help with the balding. But also, too, a lot of times, especially with trailing plants, they tend to get leggier towards the end. Mm -hmm. So if they get leggier... What happens is it redirects that energy so she can be a little bit more bushy and she can like, we love a good bush. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just helps her focus on that. So there's so many great benefits to pruning, to propagating and just like this wonderful cycle. It's natural. Do not be scared of like chopping your plants. They, they want to be chopped. Mm-hmm. Like they, this is something that is good for them. This is something that is natural maybe not taking like a sharp blade is not natural but them losing leaves naturally losing stems this is a natural thing for them they want this they enjoy this they get excited maybe not with me they maybe they scream internally (laughs) silently they'll appreciate it in the long run yeah and there are three main ways that you can propagate them so the first of those three is cuttings which is most of what we talked about so far Those range from like leaf cuttings to stem cuttings, root cuttings, and essentially you're chopping off just a piece of that mother plant to turn it into something new. So with 
this method, you usually want to use plants that are super thick and fleshy, plants that can tolerate a little bit of pruning, stuff like a Sansevieria where you can chop that leaf off. I usually do a little like triangle at the mm-hmm. bottom, yep. let it callous and pop it in some water and you'll get a whole new plant from it. You can also do stuff like African violets. That's a dicot instead of a Sansevieria. That's a monocot mm-hmm. that you can propagate from a single leaf. So you just chop the little leaf and put it in some water. And I swear from just a leaf of an African violet, a begonia, peperomia, you'll get like mm-hmm. a whole new plant. It's super dope. Yeah. You also see like a lot of times, like I think we talked about in our ZZ episode, but people sell like variegated ZZ leaf cuttings. Mm -hmm. Those bitches take a long time to root, but on God, they will root. Yep. (laughs) It's just like, if you want to invest in a year of waiting, she will do that for you. She will get there eventually. She will get there eventually. Right. Yeah. That's fine. I just want to take some time. That's fine. But yeah, leaf cuttings are a great way to do it. I mm-hmm. would say, and this is like, again, something without the petiole. So it's literally just the leaf. Of yeah. Like just sticking in water, sticking in bag, whatever. She will grow. Mm-hmm. Probably the most popular one and the one you definitely see the most online is stem cuttings. Stem cutting is really is when you are getting the petiole or the stem and you want to make sure there's a node on there because in that node is where you are going to see roots come out of. Yeah. Have the, mm-hmm. the totipotent uh, cells Ooh. really come through. <laughs> Lovely usage. Yes. Ten, ten. Yes. And then the hormone oxen. So this is really common and more so in pothos, but some Araceae for sure. This really can kickstart and release a rooting hormone. We see pothos, they grow their roots so quickly when they're being propagated. And it's because they're full of this auxin that is being released during this time. Really, you want to just make sure that the node is healthy. You don't want to make sure it's you have enough space, but not too much space in between like the inner nodes. You don't really want too much inner nodes connected to it. Yeah, there's also like tip cuttings. So like a lot of times you see in BST groups, they'll sell like a top cutting. Mm-hmm. Top cuttings tend to be a little bit more expensive because you don't have that cut off wound on both ends. It's just on one end and there's the node with that end. So it really just depends on what you're looking for. You know, in most plants, they're pretty easy to root. But I have so many people asking me this. They're like, why is this not rooting for me? Really? Oh, cheering you on. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not rooting, definitely try to invest in a rooting hormone. This is such a great tip that I don't think enough people utilize. Mm-hmm. I think people who are like maybe sellers and people who definitely like flip plants and sell a lot of plants online probably use rooting hormone a little bit more and definitely like greenhouses like we know Gabrielle the plants uses rooting hormone it's like a very common practice but I think for us like at home like enjoyers of plants like just hobbyists like we don't use it enough so definitely look into rooting hormone they're pretty cheap bonide makes a really great one Mm -hmm. hi sponsor us please (laughs) Already, God. I know. Please, uh, <laughs> Hi. But really, all you're doing is you're just dipping the node part or like the, the wounded wound. part into the rooting hormone mm-hmm. and just letting it ride. And that's really, really it. And there's so many that you can propagate in different plants. So, really great examples are begonias. You can do, you know, we talked about pothos, Hoya are a great one, Monstera, Peperomia is another one you can do, Philodendron, Chaflera. Like, there's, you really can't go wrong with these and they're just so easy to just try and do mm-hmm. it. And we can also post on our Instagram stories at two girls, one plant podcast pictures. Like if you're like, I don't know what a node is. Like if you're like, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about a node, an inner node, we'll post pictures kind of like of a, um, I don't know, like a picture or like a diagram, I would say. Yeah. Kind of like pointing it out. Cause yeah. I think like a visual representation of this is like really key if you're like wanting to know what to cut. And to describe it like just a little bit, like the node on the stem is is like the horizontal line on your stem. That's where you'll see the leaves coming from. Yeah. So if you look at your pothos, 
you can see where each leaf has come from and it's almost like a little horizontal line on the stem that's literally your node that node is releasing that hormone so that's what's protecting the plant and allowing it to grow roots if you cut above the node and you don't have that it will eventually just rot like there are no hormones to produce roots for it so that's why when you see hoya hearts around valentine's day a lot of people tell you it won't grow into a plant because it's just a stem cutting so seriously hoyas require nodes Right. And there's always one person who's like, well, I bought a heart and it grew roots and I have a plant now. Yeah. It's like, okay. And yeah, if they're cutting these leaves for production and they cut close enough for you to get some stems from that node, it might grow into a plant. It's almost like winning the lottery, but you have to have stems, uh, cells from the node for that to happen. It's like, you know, okay, great. Okay. So that's a great example is the Hoya carry eyes for sure, especially around mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. Another one, and pisses me off, and I think so many in the plant community, is those damn Monsieur Deliciosa leaves that were sold at Whole Foods for like two bucks. And they were sold without nodes. I'm talking like 12 foot across. That's pretty normal leaves. for florists, though. Florists, yes, but like, bitch, why do you not leave the node on? Yeah, no, they just do. It's That's like so, really common so for florists. They'll like just do the leaves. I and know. you're like, oh my God, I got a monstera for $2. Like you really didn't. It's not a plant. I it know. is to put in water and enjoy like a cut flower. I know it is. It's <laughs> fine. It was just a little annoying. And know that like this is a little separate from propagating. Well, not really. It is definitely a part of propagation. Like each node only has a certain number of growth points. Yes. So if you're buying a node online for a plant because, or you're propagating a node from your plant, there are only so many like activation points on that node where a right. new leaf or a new plant is going to start to develop. So you can yeah. have a spent node essentially. Yes. Yep. So keep that in mind when you're propagating as well. Yeah. There is root cutting. We won't really get into it. It's definitely a thing that's more common in like bushes. So like blackberry, raspberry bushes, crab apples, figs, lilacs. Like we're not going to talk too much about that because it is we really want to focus on houseplants. So mm-hmm. you can propagate those by root cutting. So that's basically just taking a section of the root. That's like, that's really all what root cuttings are. So we're not going to focus on it, but it is definitely for people who have outdoor gardening, you can definitely root propagate. And if you have more questions about that, you can reach out to us or we can give you some articles about it, but didn't really focus on it because it can't really do it too much with houseplants. Yeah. So, Okay. So the next big method of propagating after cuttings is division. (laughs) Duh. Okay. Uh So there are a few different types of division, just like there are a few different types of cuttings. We've got offsets, which are literally your little pups. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you have a Sansevieria that has tiny little babies coming out, aloes, you see it a lot with air plants, especially after they flower. Mm-hmm. Pilea peperomioides. Oh my God, all she does is push out little babies. Yeah, yep, that's a popular one. Usually we call them pups. That's what most people in the plant community will refer to mm-hmm. them as. And that's kind of just a really natural asexual form of propagation. Like the plant is just going to keep sending off offshoots and you can split them off essentially and I always just say try to cut as close to the mom as you can yeah you know sometimes it'll be developed enough to have its own roots so you want to make sure to cut so that you get as many of like the baby's roots as possible Mm -hmm. you do have to let that cut callus a little bit just like any other wound and then you can just pot it it takes a lot faster than like cuttings out of water yeah because they have more roots already Mm -hmm. established Yep. yep super super easy so that's the first big form of division Yeah, the next one is like, you have probably seen this one. It's like rhizome, tuber, or bulb division. So we've talked a little bit about these three different guys before in our ZZ episode and like the Mm -hmm. big differences. So you really want to learn the differences. Go back and listen to that one. But really, it's just taking the plant out of the container and really just pulling it apart and finding the bulb or finding the tubers or finding the rhizome. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be cutting that guy in half pretty much at the bulb, rhizome, or the tuber. It kind of looks like a potato in <laughs> some plants, especially like an azizi plant is a really great example. Begonias are a really great example too. Alocasia mm-hmm. is another great example because those grow from bulbs. Yep. So... It's really about like what kind of plant it is. 
pitcher plants, Sansevieria, like so many examples of basically like root division almost. Birds of paradise are also another really great one as well. It's very similar. They just, they don't have roots. They have rhizomes or tubers or bulbs. (laughs) Exactly. So you're really just cutting it in half. Okay. Next and last one is layering. This one's kind of fun. Yes. Air layering has become really, really, really popular, especially in the aeroid market. Oh my God. Yeah. It is a really fun way to kind of grow a new plant without having to make the big snip. So (laughs) (laughs) essentially when you can see the node, you trick the plant into believing that that piece of it is in the right condition to root. So you'll take, you know, moist fag moss, you'll pull away all of the leaves from that space, give yourself some room to work with, and basically layer that sphag moss around it and like holding it together. It's almost like a little wound. Like you're just kind of Mm -hmm. pulling it all together, give it some bandage wrap. I've seen people basically take pots. And you can just cut the side of the pot open and Mm -hmm. slip that around it. And you're putting it around the node. Yeah, around the node Mm -hmm. specifically. And that moistness of the sphag moss is going to trick that node into producing that auxin, that rooting hormone, and producing roots to grow into the sphag moss. Yep. So that when you finally go and take a cutting, it already has the roots and has a much easier transition into a new plant. You also do this a lot with runners. So that's a really common term, especially for a lot of aeroids, like Monstera obliqua runners are really popular for a while. But the plant will basically send out, almost looks like a vine looking for new growth. And you can usually trick those runners into essentially doing the same thing. You can put them in sphag moss or soil and convince those runners that they found a good spot and they will develop roots there. So it's kind of nice because you know for sure that the plant's going to produce roots before you're cutting it. It can take a long time. So it's definitely something you want to plan out when you're doing it. Yeah. But it's a pretty fun method and you can do it with anything that you can see notes on. Ficus, ivy, a lot of the aeroids like Monstera, Pothos, Syngonium, all the things really. Yeah. And pretty convenient. With the more woody plants like ficus or like a corn plant or mm-hmm. something like that, you want to create a wound first. So you want to remove like the bark on like a more mature part of it and then definitely like wrap the spag around it. That makes sense. It's messy though. <laughs> really? It's, I did it and it was so, I did not, you know, I need to try it again. And here's why I did it with spag. And I took saran wrap to that bitch and I tried to do it. And it's really hard to keep this bag moist. And especially, so I did it on my philodendron white night. And I think my issue was the branching off of the plant. So the development of all the new leaves were so like compacted on one another that there wasn't enough space in between Mm -hmm. all like the petioles and everything. So I think I had a hard time there just like... (laughs) mushing the spag onto it and finding a spot where it could develop roots so i want to try it again on something a little bit more established and a little bit more space but you know those like little toys that you get in like little coin dispensers and then you pop off yeah and it's i've seen people do that and like kind of like cut a hole on the side and then like wrap that around and put spag in it and then like close it around cute i've seen that a whole bunch and i kind of want to try that and just order some on amazon i know i'll have to look it up there's an orchid company that also makes and sell that sells them specifically for air layering with um, spag moss and we haven't talked about cakey paste it's really popular with orchids though and that would work for air layering okay yeah let's what is that I've okay. I've never used it. I have. I've never used it either. Literally no idea. It's, I know sellers that use it though. It's just for like kind of covering wounds, correct? It's essentially for covering. It essentially it does similar to what air layering does. It's almost like rooting hormone for the top. Oh. But it basically just tricks the plant into being like, oh, I need to produce another plant. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's cakey, like K E I K. I for everybody listening because for the ever I was like cakey like when you have cakey makeup like what the <laughs> hell are people talking about it's like a specific type it's like cloning paste yeah. is what they call it 
okay. It tells the plant to produce a clone, to produce another. So kind of like push off another part. Yep. And, okay, so not... Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. And a lot of people use a fair layering. It's more pom- common in the orchid community, though. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, and a lot of people, I think, in the aeroid community have been have like, started. oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to use this. Yep. Got it. Okay. Noted. Going to look more into that. I've, <laughs> Noted. Like... <laughs> I've seen people talk about it all the time, and I'm like, I have no idea what this purpose of this is. But that makes sense. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's kind of, like, move into mediums of propagating and, like, methods of propagating. Yeah. So there's my favorite, which is water. (laughs) Water is my favorite way of propagating any and everything. I have probably close to 20 pickle and pasta jars oh my god i save water. all of the jars alex loves drinking like martinelli apple juice oh my god yes he'll buy topo chico yep. i take all the glass i take all the glass mm-hmm. stop throwing away your glass keep it all and keep your fucking glass like throw some shit in there because people are like where do i get all this i'm like girl like you hello it's right there in your pantry just cook something and you'll have like a propagation jar or goodwill oh my gosh it's like 50 cents for a jar for like a really cute jar too you can find really cute stuff at goodwill you just got to be a little patient but they have so Mm -hmm. much glass at goodwill highly recommend going there but water is like the way to do it love it because you can keep your plant cuttings in the water it usually takes about two to four weeks for it to grow about an inch worth of roots before like having to transplant it into soil but i don't do that i think it's pretty in the jar oh you just leave it right girl i left my so my thai constellation i think i've talked about this before yeah she was a struggle i kept that bitch in water for a year and a fucking half and when i tell you the roots were probably about 18 inches long wow and finally she stopped growing and i was like okay i need to i think i need to put her in soil <laughs> and she is thriving she's starting Aww. to fenestrate she put all her first first uh, fenestrated leaf oh my god so i leave them in there for a long time i know this is controversial they're honestly fine in there it's kind of like well they're it's kinda, fine in water i don't forever under- if you wanted yeah here's the only catch they need food. Yeah. That's really it. Yep. So, like, if you have a fish tank and mm. you throw a pothos cutting in there, yeah, dude, leave that thing in there for fucking ever. Who cares? Yep. A peace lily? Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like putting Vleka. It's, I mean, what is... It is just like What's Vleka. really the difference? So, here's the only real difference. It's the type of roots that your plant is making. Right. So, if you have it in just water, it's going to make water roots that's fine that's why they give you like a rule of thumb length before you put it in soil so it's like easier for them because water roots are just delicate yeah it's like if you stuck your hand in water for a long time like your skin gets soft like it's just they're just softer delicate roots (laughs) yep so there are other things that you can put cuttings in like leca that let more oxygen get through and it basically helps you get stronger roots. Gotcha. Perlite is actually one of those things. So, like, I love rooting stuff in perlite because it tends to form slightly stronger roots. Yeah. And perlite dries so fast that I can put, like, euphorbia cuttings in perlite and yes. water them pretty regularly and have a pretty easy transition to soil. And I'm not going to, like, risk losing it. Perlite's having a moment. Just solely perlite. And propagating. Yeah. It's been is having great a moment. Propagate in. Like what? Uh Brittany, friend of the show, she props a lot of her stuff in perlite. Mm-hmm. It works pretty fucking well. It's pretty foolproof because a lot of people tend to like overwater their cuttings and mm-hmm. perlite dries so fast. It does. It's like impossible to overwater in perlite, especially if you have yep. like plenty of drainage holes at the bottom. Yep. That's See, good. I have not done full perlite. What I've done is half perlite, half spag moss. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff I propagate needs a little more moisture, a little bit more humidity surrounding yeah. it. So I definitely do a mixture of both just to kind of break up and have more aeration. And that has worked really well. I also put worm castings in sometimes oh, too. Nice. So that way it gets the nitrogen 
from the worm castings to oh, push out that growth nice. too. And it's also getting fertilizer because when you buy a plant from the nursery and it's a baby, a little four inch pot, she has slow release fertilizer in it. Mm-hmm. And that's because it was propagated in that wholesale nursery or grower. They put cuttings of plants in soil with slow release slow release fertilizer in it so it kind of makes sense to add some somewhere in Mm -hmm. the process of propagating whatever yeah you don't have to is great it is great love sphag moss for propagating that's what's in that terrarium up there oh yeah 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 Yeah. see that's perfect Mm -hmm. it just it's such a great humidity controller you could do vermiculite you could do sand Mm -hmm. cocoa coir you could do just straight peat yep little trays of stuff if Mm -hmm. you want you can do i see people selling stuff all the time with like coco quartz spag and charcoal in a mix it's just really chunky and aerated if you're doing something like that you want to try and keep it damp mostly while it's still pushing out roots depending on the plant obviously so maybe you're more like water loving plants you definitely want to keep it a little bit more on the moisturized side. Yep. And I would definitely keep that in mind. You're like, wow, there are so many methods. Like, which one do I need? Which plant are you propagating? Like, what do you think it would prefer? Yep. If I'm doing euphorbia cuttings, I want something that's going to dry out immediately because mm-hmm. euphorbia cuttings do not want a lot of moisture. So something like perlite works great. Whereas like if Madison is propping her white knight, she's definitely going to go for something with a lot of sphag in it because they want a lot more regular moisture. Yeah. So it really just depends on what you're propagating. Yeah, it depends. And try it. Again, this is where like your mad scientists can come out and have so much fun and like develop. And then you can share all that with like your community mm-hmm. and like what works for you. Again, what works for you is not the sole thing that works for everybody, but like it's so fun to share if somebody's asking like a Facebook group you're in being like, should I put my Tritoscantia in water? And you're like, oh my God, I did that. It works great. I saw roots in Mm -hmm. three weeks. What great information to share with your community. So definitely have fun with it and don't be afraid to fail with it. I think you said in the beginning you were kind of like nervous about failing with a plant right oh yeah yeah like Mm -hmm. and once you propagate don't be afraid yeah just fucking go for it you're good take a couple cuttings that way you've got (laughs) some tests around with exactly let's talk about conditions yeah so i mentioned prior hot and heavy (laughs) (laughs) sorry i don't know what i was like I was like, what do they need? They need heat and humidity. And they I do. They do. It was just like, <laughs> hot and heavy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's hot and heavy in this room. <laughs> it really is. Though, you guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so for conditions, you, like I said, water once a week. Mm-hmm. If you don't, that's fine. Don't let the water be stinky or be growing algae. Mm-mm. That's like when it's an issue. I would say what medium to indirect light is the best way. I have all mine under grow lights. They're fine. They're about six inches away from the grow lights and they grow really, really fast. Mm -hmm. I've heard before that, you know, certain roots like to be in the dark. So obviously glass jars are beautiful, whatever you see the roots. It's awesome. But if you put them in like opaque jars, they tend to root faster because roots like being in the dark. Mm -hmm. So something to think of, again, your little mad scientist can come into play. It's super fun to like experiment with. Um, Humidity is in, like you don't have to have super high humid conditions. You can. It just depends on what kind of propagation you're doing. Yeah, definitely depends on the plant. I have a single what is it i don't know what the plant is i'll be really honest i have a like a node i literally have a wet stick from a plant something or another i don't know what it is i think it's a varicosum i want to say it's that we'll go with that (laughs) anyway i just have it in a little prop box with spag and it's super fucking humid and it's my ikea greenhouse cabinet Mm -hmm. and that's a really great example of something that needs a lot of humidity like if you're buying aeroid wet sticks yeah wet sticks definitely help Mm -hmm, for sure but a lot of like your stem cuttings type 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 stuff yeah Yeah. is the plant from a humid environment like the tropics or is your mother plant even in humidity yeah. Like, if it's not, don't worry about I'm it. I'm not going to put my euphorbia in, like, 
a hot and humid Tupperware. She needs to breathe. She doesn't need all that. She's going to rot. And heat also like really, really helps. So I never had a heat mat before. And I will say now that I own one, game changer. Yeah, it is. It really does make a huge difference. Level up. Level up. Oh, yeah, though. It definitely helps with rooting. Yeah. So heat mats. 10 out of 10 for sure it just depends you know time wise and what conditions you're giving it and that's i mean yeah be patient it's like watching a pot waiting for it to boil but like those little roots like once they are born are so cute they are they're so tender and so precious and we love them and they must be protected at all costs so they're called adventitious roots. So adventitious. 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 Adventitious roots. And it's basically formed from non-root tissue. And it's kind of like a great example is I have a watermelon peperomia propagating a long time ago. And just let the bottom of it. No pet. Like just like she just was like boop. And just like all these little roots grown out the bottom. And no node or nothing. Like It's so cute. So fucking wild looking. Oh, we just talked about bonsai. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With bonsai, because you are you want it to stay in a small, shallow pot, you only want adventitious roots. Yep. You don't want fully developed roots. You want those young roots that are working really hard to pull in as much nutrition as mm-hmm. possible without taking up a lot of space. Yep. They're, they're really cute. They're they very really fine. Cute. They are really, yeah, they're awesome. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's really it. And I mean, do you have any other tips or tricks or... Anything you can think of as far as propagating? Honestly, like, have fun with it. Trade with friends. Yeah. You know, quit buying pothos. Trade pothos cuttings with people. Oh, my gosh. Stop buying them. They grow so fast. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I'm just saying, like, propagate everything. Propagate your Hoya. It's so much fun to just give away cuttings to people. And I appreciate that you said the one of the benefits is donating. Like this mm-hmm. is such a great opportunity to donate and give back to the community. Well, we don't always have money to donate, mm-hmm. but we'll take cuttings and like put them up for auction. Like yeah. it's such an easy way to do something without having to spend yep. any money. Exactly. It's such a great opportunity to mm-hmm. really make a change in your community or for an organization that you really care about. You know, we have our plants create change hashtag do it like once a quarter because like Julie and I be not the richest motherfuckers. Nope. We're rich in spirit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. But we like, we rich just don't friendship. have the money to be donating. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, we have plants and we can definitely auction those off and yep. donate whatever we can, you know, with the money raised. And what a beautiful way to do that. They're so... What is the local Denver uh, place here that you can donate plants to? Potted Peace Project. Potted Peace Project. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do that with your cuttings. Like, what a great opportunity to do something like that. So, yep. don't be scared. Go for it. Experiment. Have Prop fun with and it. chop. All things little onion. Let's go. <laughs> chop, chop. I love it. Oh, my God. I love that. Go, little onion. Go. Oh, oh. Last. La- okay. Last second tip i thought of oh your shears your sh- your clean them um, oh my god them. yes clean them yes you need to be cleaning them in between mm-hmm. your plants because that's how diseases are spread and viruses are spread between I your know. plants dude people will like take a cutting and then that stem will start to die back and they're like what the hell's happening mm-hmm. it got infected yep like it's literally like a wound like sterilize your environment yep you are the doctor yes exactly yeah you that is like holy crap bring mm-hmm. like um just some rubbing alcohol yeah that's it that's all you need to do wipe it off in mm-hmm. between your plants that you're cutting because holy crap that can spread really fast yep don't want to do that and expect so. some blood <laughs> i don't know why i love like philodendron bloody marys and stuff like those that. oh my god they literally yes. bleed and it's it's yep. kind of fun yeah my dark lord does that mm-hmm. my uh, burgundy princess my pink princess all those red philodendrons <laughs> i love it love it love it love it love it love it yeah have fun with it you guys yes yeah okay that was my <laughs> last my last thought and trick and Sweet. tip on that okay well wonderful well you guys let's do our cross shout out of the week Woo-hoo. oh boy okay so i'm gonna start with mine let me get a sip of water real quick editing jillian <laughs> okay so as some of you may know on patreon 
We have started a book club. We'll talk about that in yes. a minute. So the person I'm really obsessed with is it's at Amon's Books on TikTok. And I think on our Instagram too. But she, if you're on TikTok, you know there's a community called Book Talk. And she makes the funniest, best, most relatable TikToks when it comes to like reading books. And she makes it so much fun. And she is into the spicy books, I will say. But she is just so, 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 so funny. So again, it's Amon's Books. So A-Y-M-A-N-S Books on TikTok and I believe Instagram. Go check her out. So, so funny. Great book recommendations. I think I've read like four now of her book recommendations in like the last two weeks. Oh, spicy? Is this where all your spicy books are coming from? So there's, okay, can I talk about this one book real quick? That's not part of our book club. It will never be a part of the book club. I mean, unless they say they wanted a part of the book club, then we'll put it in the book club. But anyway, it's called Ice Planet Barbarians. And it's about this girl who gets kidnapped by aliens and she gets crash landed on an ice planet with her friends. And then she finds a blue alien and they have sexy time and interspecies oh. okay yeah and it's like oh, the 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 writing of it is so poor but it's such good written scenes i'm gonna become an erotic fiction writer I, you know what i think i have my next calling in life is <laughs> to write erotic fiction like i it's like wow you pull from so many yep i'm anyway so (laughs) definitely check out her that's the person i'm loving this week love her tiktoks okay okay love it um i went a different route (laughs) (laughs) i I wanted to call out um juni girl decolonized so this is a two-spirited person from the Mi'kmaq Lanu community. And I might be saying that wrong. I'm really sorry if I am. Please, please, please correct me. But she is honestly pretty amazing. She is, because she's directly affiliated with the community, her father lives on a reservation. She's like intimately aware of the issues that face a lot of Native American reservations and first people. So it's just a great way to stay involved and stay aware especially if you're not a part of that community. So like for me myself, there are multiple issues that I like to stay kind of on top of. Native American issues is one of them because I feel like it's something I am lacking in because of my privilege. So her account is one way that I stay informed on issues like the current um, pipeline, line three, and kind of the issues going on with that. So Mm -hmm. definitely recommend. It's Junie, J-U-N-N-Y, girl decolonized on Instagram. That's awesome. Yeah, completely different from my person. I know. We're... It was like such a different route. I could have done something. I follow one page called Well Read Black Girl. That's like just book recommendations. Oh, I love that. It's phenomenal. And they're okay. like fiction books and stuff. It's fun. It's okay, not like... I love that. Yeah. See, so you're like the educated person and I'm like just trying to like get off. Woo! Bring on that blue dick. <laughs> it literally talks about that. They say blue dick in the book. Of course they do. How are you going to have a blue alien, alien his... and not talk about his dick? Okay, okay, little hold on, a little more real quick. Oh just to give you like a precursor of what we'll talk about in Patreon. Not about this book. We're ta- <laughs> reading a whole different book. But like his his dick is ribbed for her pleasure. Like what like naturally big dick blue alien it's like okay i'm gonna cut this as our new fucking patreon okay great perfect so you know how an avatar like they're all like avatar are fucking sexy the navi people are fucking sexy and you're like wow would i fuck the avatar i mean yeah so (laughs) and this is kind of like that fantasy like fan fiction book almost this podcast has taken such a turn it's total like off the rails <laughs> moment <laughs> but i just really you guys this is in my soul this is like what's in my soul right now this is on my blue chest dick? <laughs> blue dick is on my chest right now and i have to let it out you guys i read it's a five hour read i read it on the plane and whew, it was i was like smitten on your way to that mormon wedding oh my god literally <laughs> literally i walked by a missionary like a mormon missionary while she's like he thrust it inside of me and i was like oh my god hi Hi. (laughs) anyway so you guys (laughs) (laughs) 
So this, you can get more of this great unscripted um, time with us on Patreon. Join our Patreon. Join our Patreon. Blue dick to go around. Blue dick to go around. We're we're actually not reading about that. We're reading a different book. Totally different book. If you want to find out the book, you got to be on Patreon. We still a good book, but oh, it's an amazing book. Um, loving it so far. Definitely check us out on Patreon, but not just for the book club, but we are adding like a bunch of different like exclusive content yes. on there. We're definitely stepping our pussies up and adding more stuff on Patreon, more behind the scenes, more exclusive stuff. Level like, up. Whoop, whoop. Level up, level up, level up. And then make sure to go follow us on our Instagram at Two Girls One Plant Podcast. And our personal uh, Instagrams are at Amusing Plants and Just Pups and Plants. You can also follow us on YouTube, on Facebook, on TikTok. And then, you guys, we have our summer merch. Like, it's so beautiful. Please, please go check it out. Alex, Jillian's partner, did such an amazing job on it. Please, please go check it out. Like, something we're super proud of and we really want you guys to enjoy. And it is exclusive for the summer. So, Starting soon, we're mm-hmm. we're gonna mo- be moving into fall winter time stuff. So definitely, if you want to get it, get it now. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be sick. Only five stars, five stars only. Kind of like your Uber, mm-hmm. you know. Leave us a five star, and then yeah, that's kind of it. That's all of our you know shameless plugs that we want to talk about. And yeah. you will follow us check us out and we appreciate you guys for supporting us listening to us and if you ever have ideas for podcasts you know season five we're almost done with we have about another month month and a half left I know, we already started planning season six but we it's already so weird. started planning season six episodes today so if you guys have any like suggestions for season six or even maybe the rest of season five please reach out to us like we said on any of these platforms and we would love to hear from you yeah we love you guys so much thank you for listening week after thank week thank you yes and we'll, we'll talk, talk to you next week, week. oh <laughs> just wait take that again. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to y'all next week bye, bye.